Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So if you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you cross turkeys, food testing, and smoking the reefer? Why you get Blood Freak. Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And looks like I lied to everybody and said from the last episode that a new one would be out uh, within two weeks. And then I looked at the schedule and realized that I was off schedule. So, hey, you get a new episode right after, shortly after, the Constantine episode, which I hope you really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with everybody, with the Back in Time podcast guys, with, of course, Phantom Dark Dave, Pat from the Paranormal Pativity, and who can't forget Andy from the Black Cat Shadow podcast. Had a lot of fun with all of those guys doing those podcasts in October, and I hope you guys all enjoyed the little theme month of... Uh, uh, comic book movies for the month of October. So we're going to get back into the thick of things, and yes, we are in turkey month, so why not have some turkey-themed movies? And what better way to start this off with something that's not specifically Thanksgiving-related, has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but has to do with turkeys for some reason, and of course, smoke in the reefer, uh, why it's blood freak. And let me tell you, the reason that I picked this movie is because I decided to go on Google and go like, search, hey, Google, what uh, what are some great Thanksgiving movies? And you know what? Well, Thanksgiving horror movies, I should say. And Google said back to me, um, I don't know. Thanks Killing? Thanks Killing 3? I'm like, fuck, I've done those. Okay, well, what else? Oh, how about Blood Rage? No, did, did that last year. You got another one? Poultry Geist! That has to do with chickens? It's close enough, right? No, no, I've done Poultry Guys before. And look, two, actually three out of four of those movies I really like. So give me something I've never seen before. Something that, you know, would surprise people and maybe be like, oh, hey, what the fuck is that movie? I've never heard of that before. And then my prayers were answered where the fourth link sent, uh, playing on Amazon Prime, Blood Freak. That has a turkey in it. What? What the fuck is Blood Freak? So I watched the trailer and realized that the trailer was also absolutely terrible. And uh, that, hey, you know what? This is probably the movie for me, <laughs> for everybody to go sit down with. 
And so we're watching Blood Freak. Now, I apologize. The trailer from the last one, I know I warned, but I will listen back to it again. And it's like, oh, that trailer is absolutely terrible. Like, who really would want to take their time to listen to that and have to sit through that long of a trailer uh, just to get... Uh, understand what the movie is going to be for the following week. So, uh, here we are. We're at Blood Freak. Now, this is a 1972 film, uh, and I do want to point out that it definitely shows its age, okay? And it's going to show in the audio here. The audio at times can be very hard to understand. I cleaned up the best that I could. Uh, I tried to cut it up at times the best that I could. I know in some of the other episodes that we've done, I've cut it basically kind of to make it um, shorter on time. And some of these I can't necessarily make shorter because there are dead spaces and I try to get rid of them best I could. But sometimes there's just crap in the background or there's random music or, uh, you know, Gil Ward, you did the music for the soundtrack and you should be fucking appalled by the amount of crappy music you have in this thing. But it's very 70s at the same time. Uh, so it's like, it's, some of it's a little truncated, but some of it, it's just absolutely terrible. I mean, it's literally, this was shot on a budget of $25,000, which was a lot back in 1972, but it definitely shows, like, even one scene where, uh, the protagonists or your main character's girlfriend, uh, and her sister are talking and they're talking over the phone and there's definite pauses to when, okay, now we're recording here and then they didn't quite blend it right. So there's actually like jumps in the audio, which weren't caused by me for once. <laughs> they were caused by the goddamn people that made the movie. So this is a really interesting film. Um, and you know, I was reading a couple things online about it because I really wanted to get a feeling for it. Is this going to be right? Am I going to, at least somewhat enjoy watching this is going to be a chore. Um, and you know what? Somebody said, oh, it's like uh, Reefer Madness meets a horror movie. Great. You know what? It kind of is like Reefer Madness meets a horror movie. But it's uh, like you take the first part is all Reefer Madness and the rest of it's a horror movie and that's it. And it's kind of a crappy horror movie of that. But we'll talk about it as we get into it. So... Uh, yeah, this is a, a very short movie as well. It's only 86 minutes long. Like, it's perfect. It's actually the perfect length. Uh, and I, th I really wanted this to be the film, like, after doing all these kind of big, bang, flashy special effects, Marvels, and, you know, Wesley Snipes, uh, film, uh, and looking at Ryan Reynolds' chill, chiseled abs, chilled abs, I guess they could be really cool, but they're really hot at the same time. So, <laughs> Nonetheless, we're here. Man, I love laughing at my own jokes. Uh, but we're here to talk about a film that is very low budget. It's like, I really wanted this to be the film that was going to be like, man, you are going to save me from all this time that I spent watching these very high-end action flicks that weren't very good. Well, some of them were at least entertaining. So without further ado, let us begin and let us talk about Blood Freak. So, the film begins, strangely enough, with the director of the film talking right at us. We live in a world subject to constant change. Every second of every minute of every hour, changes take place. These changes are perhaps invisible to us because our level of awareness is limited. Take, for example... How the things we do and say to the people we meet, all these things 
affect our lives, influence our destiny. And yet there seems to be some kind of fantastic order to the whole thing. We never know how or when we will meet a person who will become a catalyst or who will lead us to one. What is a catalyst? Well, in this case, a catalyst is a person that will bring about changes. They could be good or bad, but there will be changes. You can meet one almost anywhere in your everyday life, in the supermarket, drugstore, anywhere. Even riding down the Florida Turnpike. A pretty girl with a problem. Who could resist? Certainly not Hershey. Okay, so what's really weird and odd about this scene is the fact that the director, well, besides doing the William Shatner pauses all the fucking time, uh, he's just kind of sitting there in a t-shirt, staring at the screen, and then he keeps looking down like he's looking at the script. Like, and... Where's my line again? Oh, oh he meets a pretty girl. And... Fuck. Oh, and uh, I, I've got to smoke this. Oh, no, the, I can't read what's fucking written down here. God damn it, we have to do this all fucking over again. This is why I hire actors. Why am I doing this bullshit? Uh, but it's like... It's just really awkward and not very entertaining in the fact that he's just sitting there with the lit cigarette like obviously like not smoking it because he's just bringing it to his mouth and then blowing out a quick puff of air like you know they make fake stuff for this right that just doesn't have to be tobacco or something like that i don't know if he's trying to make a point or whatever he's trying to do but from there we cut to really cheesy 70s music like it belongs in an austin powers movie like i'm waiting for it to go no but it's like him driving on the highway you meet herschel who's like this elvis wannabe motherfucker that's on this bike and he's got his jean jacket and his, like, tight shirt where his rippling muscles are all coming out of it. And you're just kind of staring and drooling. I mean, uh, watching him go down on the freeway at the same time. And then we see our, uh, well, see, I thought she was going to be, like, a focal character because of how important this was. But we meet Angela just for a second. She's having car troubles, I guess. Like, she pulls over. She kind of, like, almost, like hits on him in a way like they drive and she like smiles as he drives by her in his like harley but at the same time it's like nothing really ever comes of it <laughs> like she's so fucking useless like why do we even have to have this person this is not even the main like love interest of the film but i'm getting ahead of myself here so she stops off on the side of the road so does he for a second and then we follow them go down the florida turnpike one of those like i don't know where you guys live and especially here in california it's a shock to me where i go into a toll road okay and that's basically what we watch them go into where they have to pay the toll to continue driving on the freeway yeah this is something that doesn't exist over here well kind of not anymore we have those stupid fucking hov whatever fuck hov stands for you know I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, uh, we don't have pay roads over here, and they do in Florida. I remember when I visited Florida, the last couple of times that I visited Florida, it's always surprised me. Oh, yeah, there's toll roads over here. So we watch them go through the toll road, and then we watch them drive along even further. I guess at some point they must have talked to each other about whatever, like, hey, you want to go somewhere fun? Because they end up then at a party that her sister is throwing. This place is like a madhouse. Some of my sister's friends are pretty far out. 
you sound as if you don't approve of them. Oh, no, it's not that. It's just that uh, a lot of them are heavy into the drug scene. You mean they smoke pot? That, too. But I was referring to things worse than pot. I know, Charlie. I'm glad you haven't. I'd appreciate it if you don't while you're here. Whatever you say. Okay, so Herschel here is like a goody two-shoes, and when he talks, he talks like he's fucking Sylvester Stallone. Like, he looks like now a combo of the two. He looks like Elvis and Stallone had a fucking baby, and then it popped out this. It doesn't know how to sing pop songs, and it doesn't know how to act. So I guess it falls a little more on Stallone's side of things than Elvis's. So he seems to be like the goody two-shoes, like, straight-laced person. We see everybody here in this party, and they're all doing different types of drugs. And some people are putting chapstick up over the nose, but I think it's supposed to be cocaine. And as we look over the party, this is when Herschel meets Anne for the first time. Herschel, this is my sister Anne. Hello. Hello. No, thank you. That's not for me. Did you get him? Church? Don't be rude. Herschel's a One little toke isn't gonna hurt him. You know your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't defile it. And you shouldn't defile me. I hope you're not gonna be a drag and quote scripture on me. So it's pretty obvious here that Anne has the hots for Herschel in some way. She automatically sees the hunky dude and is like, damn, I gotta give me a piece of that. Which... Okay, maybe in 1972, I'd probably okay with it. Those mutton chops are going a little too far, if you ask me. We also see that there's some kind of conflict between Angel and Anne, where Anne is kind of like, I guess, the Bible-thumping, like, give-my-body-to-God type of person, but Anne herself, she's the wild party girl that everybody wants to like and everybody wants to be like. So Herschel takes a seat, and he's waiting, yes, for Anne to get finished changing, and that's when he's approached by some lady at the party. You're so big. I like my things. And you must be very strong. And you're very beautiful. And you have a boyfriend. So? You shouldn't be acting this way with me. Especially when you're with someone else. You've got to be putting me on. God doesn't mind if I like someone else. He wouldn't even mind if I went to bed with you. I just don't go for a girl that acts like a tramp. Even if she's very beautiful. Well, thanks a lot. You're nothing but a dumb bastard who doesn't know where it's at anyway. Oh... I believe that he just called her a horror right to her face. And, like, she goes up there, and she starts rubbing his leg. And she's like, you must have big muscles. It's like she's literally going in to grab his cock, and then she's trying to rub up on it. And he's like, oh, hey. And how does he know she even has, like, a boyfriend? She's just talking to some dude over in the corner, and then she comes up to him, and then she sits down. It's possible that that's just her fuck toy, and she just wants to make you another one, and you're like, no, I can't do that. I'm too goody-goody for this fucking film. And this is why I don't like Herschel right away, because he's given up the opportunity to get some easy in the 70s. Yes, I get it, the 70s. Free love and all that fucking jazz, but come on. It's like, dude, she's obviously, like, super into you. And you want to be kind of religious. But there's kind of a reason behind that as well that they really don't go into right now. So we go back after he's called her a whore. 
And then she's like, tells the person that she's with, hey, you need to do something about that guy because he just called me a tramp. And he's like, I'll help you, baby. Tell me who it is. And she points over her shoulder. She's like, um, maybe I'll help you next time. Like, he literally is like, that guy has too many muscles for me. He's probably going to kick my ass. So, baby, you fight your own battles, and I ain't going to do it for you this time. But if he was a little scrawny dude, I would have kicked the shit out of him right away. We go from here, and we see that now they're all talking, and now that Angel has changed, uh, they're kind of all talking together. Anne is still trying to get Herschel's attention, but Anne herself, she's still, like, doing her whole... Oh, I love God type of stuff. This is my sister, Angel. This is Bob. Doris. Hi. Anne tells me you're into Bible. When you find time, I'd like to ask you a question. Sure. Don't get her started. My sister thinks the whole world's a church, and she's a preacher. I believe, therefore I speak. Well, anything you like, I could dig it, okay? My sister, she's a doll. But this Bible stuff is really a drag. Anything she can dig, I can dig. Mm. Well, whatever turns you on. Praise the Lord. So, it looks like he is really into Angel and not so much Anne. And I'm not sure exactly why, because when you look at the two of them... Okay, maybe I'd be a little more into Angel too, but I think the not saying that I need to have a promiscuous dope-smoking whore be the girl of my dreams or anything like that, but personally, I really don't care whatever the fuck you want to do. You can, well, as long as you don't do anything major, no heavy drugs, as they've talked about in this film, uh, except for the dope or the reefer. Uh, <laughs> they never use reefer in this film. I was so hoping that they would use the term reefer. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. They didn't even use weed. They just used dope. Dope the entire time. It was honestly quite fucking annoying. And I don't know why. I shouldn't be annoyed by that shit, but yet here we are. So we listen to Herschel and Angel talk some more. And Herschel's trying to get understand from Anne... Well, not Anne, but Angel, I should say. What exactly is a sin to her? What is a sin to you? God says that anything that is not of faith is sin. What about adultery? Isn't that a sin? He says we commit adultery with sticks and stones. What is that supposed to mean? Well, God is a spirit. I think you have to go to the Holy Spirit to make that real to you. I see. Here, can you read this? We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. Do you go by those commandments? He says, follow after the spirit, not the flesh. Now God is spirit. I see. And he says to study, to show ourselves approved. We have no need that any man teaches, but when the Holy Spirit of promises comes, he'll guide us to all truth. So, as you can see here, he must be really down with this religious stuff 
because he keeps focusing in an angel, and angel is just kind of like more in love with God than she is with anything else. So even though he's trying to go after that, and at the same time is like clawing all over him, she's like reaching on him, grabbing on his chest, trying to get closer, because she's probably like high of her mind or some shit, and who knows what the fuck she's on, if it's not just the dope or the reefer or whatever you want to call it. She could be doing ecstasy, she could be doing opium or heroin or whatever the fuck they're doing, or sticking more chapstick up her fucking nose, because we just saw somebody do it again. And wait, can I say something real fast about the people at this party? Okay, they are old for 70s people. Like, Anne looks to be in her early 20s. Maybe she's like 25, maybe she's 26. I'll give her that at tops. At least with the makeup that they're trying to give her. The actress herself, maybe she might be a little older. Maybe she could be a little younger. Who the fuck knows? But I'm putting them in their 20s. They're all kind of within that age. And yet the people at their parties, one dude is like the comb-over fucking master. Like, he's 45, trying to pretend like he's Steve Buscemi in that one movie hey, where he's like, Hey, young kids. Like, seriously, this is what you're seeing right now. And yet, you know, they're all like totally cool. And the other women at the table, one of them, oh my god, looks like my fucking aunt. Like, honestly, I was like, wait. And even my wife said it. And I, I'm, if one of my aunts is listening, it's not you. It's, it's the other one. Um, and now you're going to have to guess which aunt is, is listening to this. But really from behind, like, the curly hair was there, bright red, like, Honestly, I'm like, oh my god, is that? No, 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 no way that that is. Not because of the drug thing, not anything like that, just because it looked like her from behind. Uh, but it's so ridiculous how old some of the people at this party actually look in comparison to the rest of the cast. I mean, Herschel himself looks like he's in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, and I would get that because we do find out a little later on that he came from the Vietnam War, and in fact, I think we're going to learn about that in just a little bit. So, you have Anne going crazy over Herschel. Herschel's trying to ignore her really, really bad, and Angel is trying to quote the scripture. Like, he's trying to show interest and, like, hit on her, but he, she just keeps coming back with Bible verse after Bible verse. Like, he's like, how do you feel about adultery? Oh, it's sticks and stones. What, they're gonna break your fucking bones? You know, he's not saying anything bad about words, but you know what they say about words and sticks and stones? Well, they can beat people to death. So, I'm assuming that adultery can beat you to death? Is that the analogy that we're trying to get here? But really, she's talking like, hey, it's more about giving yourself to the spirit than believing in the carnal knowledge. Meanwhile, her sister's all about that carnal knowledge and not trying to give away the spirit. So from there, you know, Anne is still trying to hit on Herschel. And as Angel goes to leave, Herschel's going to get up and go follow her. And of course, that upsets Anne because she's trying to hit on him the entire time. Hey, this is going to be some night. I think I better go with Angel. Boy, what kind of a dope are you? Go ahead, turn into a Bible freak. See who gives a damn. Anne, please. Why don't you let the guy do what he wants to do? Well, he's screwing up my life. Who are you to judge what people should or shouldn't do? Anne, I don't condemn you or your friends. I've only tried to help you with a problem before it's too late. You know I love you. Don't give me that love crap. Max, it's already too late. No, it isn't. I tell you what, you come with us. We'll talk, okay? I don't want to talk to you. I, I just want you to go away. 
And don't come back to me like we're gonna have a blast. Okay, so Anne runs away, kind of like a pouty bitch. And now, does anybody else hear something in her voice? I know it's not the same actor, or actress, I should say, but it really sounds at times like a lady that plays Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Like, that's what I hear. I don't know why I hear it, but I just hear her in this goddamn actress's voice, and it drives me fucking crazy. It also drives me the fact that she has no facial emotions, even when she's supposed to be sad. So she goes over to her drug dealer friend Guy, and basically tells him what's going on, who looks like the person that was there at the beginning that wasn't willing to beat up Herschel, that was talking with the horror that was up there trying to grab Herschel's cock, but... I, I don't know, maybe it's a different person, but he basically says, hey, look, I can help you. We can get him addicted to something. I've got some stuff that you can give him to make sure just a couple of times, and he'll be really, really addicted, and then he'll be yours. So, like, not just her body is, like, worth enough. Like, she has to drug him to get him to love her. I, f- fuck if I know what's going on in this film. But again, we get to talk to the director one more time. You ever think about this? Fantastic order of things. And how far does it go? You know, most people go through life completely oblivious to the obvious things that predictably influence their destiny. Herschel has met two beautiful girls. One is conservative, responsible, concerned with and contributes her time and efforts to the benefit of her fellow man. The other is the opposite. Or is she? Who are we to judge? It's strange how many people will uh, argue interpretations of the Bible. Herschel has much to be grateful for. He's strong, he's handsome, and he enjoys being attractive to the opposite sex. And he feels that when he comments, that his words deserve the consideration of this, these Bible students, these seekers of the truth. And as he plays his game of wits and ego, his comments could be what caused the chain of events and the moments of horror and agony that were far greater than his experiences in the hell of Vietnam. So, there's another thing about this director, this Brad F. Grinter, or whatever the hell's name. Brad. First, Brad, what does that make you think of? Makes me think of a douchebag. But he kind of looks like a low-rent Vincent Price. Uh, the second thing I forgot to mention was the fact that her dealer was going to give her something that's going to make her fly and give her wings. Which makes me think, is he going to give her a Red Bull and not necessarily the dope that she wanted? Huh. Makes you think. Well, maybe she gave her a monster and that was the very first. Maybe monsters made from weed. Hmm. No, no, that couldn't be it. It wouldn't make sense for some things I know nowadays. But it is the mark of the devil, if I remember correctly. Anyway, so he's kind of going in there and, like, giving us these, like... It feels like this should be, like, a choose-your-own-adventure novel at this point. Like, if I was sitting in the theater, this guy made two completely different movies. He made Blood Freak and Christ Freak, right? Blood Freak is when you select Anne because everything goes that way. And Christ Freak, which is a totally different and totally, like, religious-based, uh, you know action movie where he becomes Jesus and he like slays all the infidels or some shit like that is what happens when he chooses angels. So you're sitting in the theater and you're thinking, man, am I going to select B or am I going to select A and what movie am I going to see? 
And then it's then you think to yourself, wait, this is in the 70s, so this must be like those old matinee movies where no matter which one I selected, the other choice is going to be the choice. So everybody that gets, like, say, goes with Angel. No, you don't get that choice. We're going to follow along with Anne, which is what we do, right? I really wish this would have been a choose-your-own-adventure movie. I think it would have been that much cooler. You'd be like, will he smoke the dope? Yes or no? And then you say no, and of course it all turns out to be yes, because fuck you, your choice doesn't matter. So, anyway, we see him now. He's gone, and he's going to be getting a job, uh, possibly with the people that he's staying with. I don't know who this person is. He owns a poultry farm. That's what he says it is, right? And... He basically says, look, I'll give you a job. Just come by on Monday. I really need the help. And Herschel is all like, yeah, all right, I'm going to do it. And Anne's happy, or Angel Angel's happy. I keep mixing the damn sisters up. You could have at least named one like Ruth. Like, that sounds like somebody that's like a Bible thumper from the 70s is Ruth. But Anne really seems like she is a slur. So, of course, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly thinking about the slurs in this goddamn movie. So while Herschel is waiting for the job... He decides to do some work around the house because Angel says, why don't you just stay here? Which is a very smart move because that makes sure that he's close to Angel too. And three, Anne can continually try to seduce him, which she kind of does. See, he's working on the pool outside and she comes out there in her bathing suit. And honestly, hey, you know what? Looks pretty good in the bathing suit. This is a highlight of the film. And then, (laughs) so she's like going around, can I help you? Is there anything, like, she even, like, throws the mat down to get his attention and sits right by him in his, like, her 70s skimpy bikini. And he just keeps working on, like, totally ignoring her. And then eventually she sits down starts pouting because he won't pay attention to her. And what does she do? She goes for her reefer. And so she sits there, starts, like, getting it out of her band-aid box, which has mounds and mounds of stuff, I guess, to make it not smell or something. I don't fucking know. Like, why would you stick it in that type of thing? But again, it... This is the 70s. This isn't the current day where hiding your weed doesn't really have to happen in most states. So she gets out her joint and she lights it up. And he laments of the fact that why can't you be more like your sister? And then she like she attacks him like he's fucking Marty McFly uh, and basically calls him chicken to which he ain't no fucking chicken. Here. No, thank Take you. a drag. You'll help loosen you up. I can do without, thank you. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. How can such a big hunk of man be such a damn coward? I'm not a coward. So he takes the pot from her and smokes a little bit and then she teaches him how to smoke the joint like he's never smoked a fucking joint in his life before or had a fucking cigarette or anything like that supposedly he's been to vietnam but yet you know he's never done any type of dope before so they sit there they smoke they get all giggly and happy and then they go back inside the house and he still wishes that she would be like her sister Herschel, let me relax you you're not relaxed come on Come on. Come on. I, I sure wish you were different. Different? Different like who? Why can't you be like your sister? She's so different. Rachel, honey, by the time I get through with you, you're never going to wish I was like my sister. Different. 
So, of course, they get down and dirty in one of the most awkward sex scenes I've seen in the longest time. I was really hoping for a little bit of side boob, but there was no side boob. But when they wake up in the morning, there is some, you know, 70s ass with a tan line. So, hey, I can at least give it that. Uh, I mean, you really have to, like, look at the scene, like, how they're kissing each other. They're obviously doing this in a way to make sure that nobody sees anything from either of them. I mean, of course, he's in the bed all hunkily without his shirt, you know, and his, like, 70 hairy chest and, you know, all that other stuff, and she's there on top of him laying very awkwardly, and then he doesn't really know how to remove a bikini top, eventually does figure out how to get it off, and then it's about how do we hide the fact that she needs to move so that we don't see her boobs in the camera, and we don't even get a piece of fucking side boob. So at the end of the whole situation that goes on, we have the director come out and talk to us once again. But oddly enough, he's changed his shirt. Any man who could refuse such temptations from such a girl as this, he would have to be much less a man than Herschel. How bad is that? But remember that the paths of life are predictable. And we repeat them again. And again, right on, right on, brother. So good, good job choosing the right path or the wrong path again and again. again. What the fuck is this guy talking about? I don't really know. Like, why is it so important that we have to have these little narrative pieces? I have a feeling because the movie didn't quite fit a runtime quota. And so the easiest way to do it was just to fucking insert him in there. And then you have these, like, they're not even filmed like the same as the rest of the film because the sound quality actually is the best when he's in there because there's nothing going around. Like, they really took a lot of these shots and filmed them outside where they didn't bother to deal with any type of sound. And Gil Ward, who did the music, also did the goddamn sound editing and the editing for the film. And it's shitty, just like your fucking music, Gil. Anyway, so we follow Herschel, and he gets pissed off because they had sex, and then she didn't set the alarm for him, so he didn't wake up at the right time because he's got the job. But dude, you just got laid. Like, and set your own goddamn alarm. It's not her fucking fault that you have a job the next morning and that you didn't wake up for it because you decided to have a little fun and smoke a little dope. Ugh. Anyway, so he goes to his turkey farm, or the poultry farm as they call it, and then he's just looking out on fields of turkeys. And what is the first thing that he does? He reaches over to pet one. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I, when we were watching this, and my wife watched the first half with me, but both of us said the same thing at the same time. Like, why the fuck would you go out and try to fucking pet a turkey? Turkeys are fucking mean. Have you ever been near a turkey before? They're dumb as a a bunch of fucking rocks. And all they can think about is just fucking attacking you and taking out your shins, man. Like, they just want to run after you and peck your fucking eyes out. Yet you're going to lean over and go, Oh, hey, nice turkey, I'm going to pet you. (laughs) In whatever fucking voice you want to use, it's my goofy, okay? I can't do a good goofy. But, damn it, at least I tried. So he goes over, he pets the turkeys, and the other thing is fucking annoying, and you guys should be glad, 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 glad that he decided to not do this, which was just to play a little bit of what's going on, because, like, they want to show, oh, hey, there's turkeys here, and it's like a call and response. You have some guy, and I really thought, man, maybe I should put this clip in here, but you know what? It goes on for so fucking long that it's fucking annoying. Like, he literally, it's literally, 
And then the turkeys all like make the turkey noise. And, and then you've got then the, the turkey. And then the, all the turkey. And this goes on for like a minute. A minute of somebody making a turkey noise and then all the turkeys making the noises it just to symbolize that there are a lot of turkeys on this turkey farm why do we need to do this please please for the love of god why do we need to know that there's this many fucking turkeys on a fucking turkey farm you're on a turkey farm you can see the fucking turkeys they're like out there why so many goddamn turkeys Okay, but it just keeps going, and every time we get to the turkeys, this happens. We get turkey noises, and it just drives me crazy. And this is where the movie starts falling flat. Like, everything before it, I can take with a grain of salt, and I can laugh at this stuff. However you feel about Bible thumpers, however you feel about drugs, and everything else, you can at least kind of enjoy how cheesy everything is. But it's at this point in the movie that... Well, not quite. We still got a little ways to go, but things start going downhill. So he goes in and he meets with the foreman of the day who introduces uh, him to the guys and they basically make him a proposition about testing out some turkey. My name's Gene. This is Herschel. He's going to be with us for a while. They will tell you what to do. Glad to have you with us. Good luck. Well, I'm uh, ready to go to work. What do you want me to do? You'll be doing odd jobs for us around the ranch in the lab here. And if you want to make a little extra money, you can help us with some of our experiments in the lab. Thank you. Experiments? What kind of experiments? We are testing the chemical capitalization of, of uh, poultry. But we need a human to eat the meat to see if there are any side effects. You want me to be a guinea pig? How dangerous? Not dangerous at all. It's just a government regulation that the meat must be tested. Just for the records. Sure. Besides, you don't look like you'd be afraid of anything anyway. Probably taking a few drugs here and there already. Am I right? Yeah, I tried some. Who hasn't? Look, kid, we're on your side. You help us, we'll help you. Tell you what, as a part of the deal, we can throw in a little stuff. We got plenty. You mean dope? Well, just if you want once in a while, just for kicks, just call it an extra added bonus. But what do you say? Uh, is it a deal? Okay, it's a deal. So, first off, can I say, why the fuck would you trust these two? Like, it's like, <laughs> they have dope, and they possibly do the dope too, but you're okay with the fact that, oh yeah, um, you want to do some experiments for us? We're trying to do with the, uh, chemicals in, um, um, a poultry, poultry, that's right, yeah, that's right, 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 Bob, yeah, okay, Jim, so, you know, I don't know that's their fucking names, it's like Grant and Bill, or Brett, or Pete, or whatever the fuck his name is, I don't care, these, this scientist's outfits are really shitty, it's literally like they put lab coats on backwards on one of the guys, like, really, 
Really? You can't wear the lab coat fucking right either? And the other guy looks like he's fucking John Denver, like like Stone John Denver or some shit like that, waiting for him to sing fucking Rocky Mountain High or some fucking bullshit while he's fucking token on his bong in the corner. But, like, how can you trust these guys? That That's the offer that they're going to make you. They're going to be like, look, we'll give you some side money, plus we'll give you dope. And you're like, fuck, yeah, let's do what they want to do because they're offering me dope because... Already, Herschel has found out that he is fucking hooked. Like, he had the one joint, and he's already fucking addicted to the whole thing. And honestly, marijuana is probably not going to do that to you if you just fucking have one hit. This is the whole fear tactic that they had before. And that South Park episode, I love that fucking episode where they're trying to get, like, everybody to be, Oh, don't do dope. And it's like, you took one, or you touched the marijuana, and this is what happened to you. And this is your future self. And he's like... You know, here, (laughs) Herschel, he's like, I took the one hit, and oh no, I'm super hooked. And so, we see him when he gets home, and he's like, jonesing for another fucking fix. He's like, what's wrong with me, Anne? And Anne calls her dealer, and the dealer comes over, and that's where he confronts him and tells him what he's going to do. What are you telling me what's happening to me? I don't understand what you mean, man. You know very well what I mean. I had a feeling I'm hooked. Hooked? Hey, it's a mistake. Don't worry about it. Hey, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. I don't know how you're going to do that. We'll keep you supplied. Look, that one's for free. Free? Yeah. You got me hooked, and you're going to keep me supplied. Got it? Hey, I got a bastard here. Now you listen to me. If you don't keep me supplied, I'm going to break every bone in your miserable body. Okay, okay. Don't sweat. So that's the way it's going to go. He's going to threaten this guy with bodily harm unless he gives him the dope that he needs. So he goes to work the next day, and they bring him the first batch of turkey that he's got to eat for this experiment. And I thought, man, they're just going to bring him a little bit. Maybe they did a leg or whatever. They bring him a whole fucking turkey. I mean, it is a whole fucking baked turkey. Just right to him and says, okay, bon appetit. Then he manages to eat the whole fucking thing. Like, he tries it and he's like, hmm, this is pretty good. So I don't know if it's fucking dope turkey or where the fuck it is. because, Or the fact that maybe he smoked a ton of dope before he ate the turkey. So he's got major fucking munchies. And he eats the whole goddamn thing. And when he's done with it, he starts walking away. And then he starts having like an epileptic fit. And falls to the ground and just starts fucking shaking. One of the scientists, the, you know, John Denver looking motherfucker, he comes over and he finds him and just kind of leaves him there. And, but he does manage to tell the boss and that causes some conflict in between them. So why did you take him out and dump him? Don't we have enough trouble in these experiments without taking a chance on a murder charge? All we did was do, give this guy some turkey. But Mr. Nolan, you didn't see him, sir. We were scared. I don't care. He's still a man. The drug could be worn off by now. That is possible, isn't it? Yeah, it could, Mr. Nolan. Honest, sir, I didn't think it could have any effect at all on a human. You didn't think? You dumb bastards, how could you let something like this happen? So Herschel's still out there convulsing on the ground. We cut over really fast to Anne, who is talking with the dealer, and she's really worried about him 
and, and what might have happened to him after he's done like the drugs and the stuff like that and what impact and she's the one that kind of forced it upon him and turned him into this addict for whatever's going on we then cut back over to the scientists who actually come up with a pretty goddamn good plan of what they need to do now the way i see it this thing is really getting out of hand Next thing you know, somebody's going to call the police and they're going to bring the missing persons bureau in on it and they're going to come here as the last place he was supposed to have been. And we're all going to get locked up. Suppose we get questioned. Are we going to tell the police the truth or? Or are we going to lose our jobs? I think we're going to lose our jobs anyway. We're damned if we do and damned if we don't. I don't want any cop trouble. Neither do I. Right now, we're not involved in anything if we just split. Like, just what? You mean right now, this very minute? Hmm. You know, Gene, there are times when I suspect that you're the brains of this outfit. Honestly, that is an excellent fucking plan. Just fucking bounce. (laughs) Just say fuck it and leave. Like, what are they going to do? Um... They're gone? Like, do we even know where the fucking are? Uh, Honestly, brilliant. Just fuck it. Let's move on. So from here we go back over and we see that Herschel is still convulsing over there in the field. And then he gets up and starts walking away. And that's where we see he's turned into a monster. And this is officially where the movie jumps the shark. And the movie is the horror part of the movie. And it's terrible. Like, this was the hardest part of the film. I was okay, like I said, a little bit of, you know, a little while ago, I was like, oh, this is where it, and it really is kind of changing, but I'm still okay with the fact that he wants to go beat up the drug dealer dude and get his drugs for free and stuff like that, and that he's hooked on just one fucking little puff of marijuana, or one joint, I guess I should say, but... Here, it just gets into the weird territory. Like, I wanted it to be weird good, but it's just weird terrible. So he goes back over, now that he has a turkey as a head, like the turkey, eating the turkey has turned him into a turkey human, or whatever the fuck that thing is really supposed to be. So Herschel decides to go back to the only place he can think to go back to, and that's over to Anne, even though now he's this weird turkey monster. He freaks her out at first, but she really starts to think about what the like implications of everything is going to be if it doesn't actually like go away. She really hopes that it does because honestly she's still really in love with Herschel, which okay, I'll give you that. But then she starts talking about like she calls him flat out ugly. You're just so ugly. And he's like, you get the turkey noise from him. He's like, what the fuck? You know, okay, I'm ugly, but I still love you. And you, don't you still love me type of thing? When she's like that, and she's like, well, what are the kids going to be like? Are they going to be like you, like their dad? Or are they going to be more like me? So, like, what happens when you fuck a human-turkey hybrid and you have kids with it? So, I guess she's still pretty much in love with him and she's willing to still have kids with him. But, you know, it's just weird. So, she doesn't really know what to do. And she decides to call her sister and basically see if she can help with what's going on with Herschel. At the same time, we cut over and we see the director talk some more. And then it's really weird because this is one of the few scenes where it's not just the director. We actually see, we we get the director and then all of a sudden we get to see Angel and Anne looking at Herschel and Angel looking at him for the first time and them talking. But all we get is this voiceover from the director. Interesting how when we come to moments of despair, 
when we can't seem to solve our problems any other way, then, but not until then, we turn to God. It's a basic instinct to mankind, his appeal. In moments of great trouble, this appeal for help from a, from a source that we play games with, scoff at when things are going well. But a word of caution. Remember to be careful what you pray for. Okay, he did not pray to become a turkey monster. Like, she's asking, is it because she's asking for help from her sister? Or that, like, oh, I wish that he would get with me and this is what happens. So, Dope is now turning into this turkey monster and that's, she's getting, like, her own medicine? I don't get it. I really don't know what, what, you know, better not hope what you wish for type of thing. It makes no sense to me. Uh, again, are these really needed, these little directorial things? At the end, we kind of see what they're maybe trying to say, but at the same time, I'm just... While you're watching, you're like, what What the fuck is going on? So we see now it's uh, moved a little further, and her friends have been looking for Herschel everywhere because they couldn't find him. And finally, she has to tell them what exactly has happened to him. Everywhere. You heard anything from him yet? He's here. Here? Yes, here. You're not going to believe this. It's so weird. It's, it's like out of Star Trek or the Twilight Zone. Jim, Herschel's here, but he's in the Twilight Zone. You scored any opium or something lately? I think that you're the one that's in the Twilight Zone. Wait a minute, Bob. I, uh, I think something's wrong. Man, what's going on? I'm not stoned or anything. I'm straight. I am straight. Look, if you're for real, he's for real. Come see for yourself. So she goes and shows them what Herschel looks like. But we do cut to that night where he's kind of stalking along the streets. And he runs over to where the dealer's house was. And we see the dealer shooting up one of the girls that was at the party. The tramp from earlier in the film. And the way he's looking at through the windows, it kind of looks like he's just looking to see some tits. And, you know, I'm kind of waiting to see some too. But no, really, he's stalking the girl. And once she's gotten high and she's going back to her car... Before she gets there, he's like way out in the open. And it's pretty obviously that he's there. And I can't believe that she's fucking missing him. But he managed to sneak behind her. And he's always making fucking turkey noises whenever he fucking shows up. But he does manage to grab her and then take her off. And she's as he's walking away, she's like kicking her legs but not making any noises. And it's not until he's about to kill her that all of a sudden you hear the turkey no Well, her screaming and the turkey noises. And that doesn't alert anybody out there that something bad is going on uh, so we cut back over and we see uh Anne and her two friends with killer 70s porn stashes by the way uh still talking because she has to explain that she still loves him and really wants to help him out we'll do what we can Anne. but hell I expect us to manage keep up a supply with a habit like his what what happened to guy Herschel scared him so bad, he disappeared. Well, it's good riddance if you ask me. Yeah, that creep. 
He's the one that gave me the stuff. The stuff that got Herschel hooked. I feel so guilty. That bastard. The only thing he was ever good for is he always had plenty of drugs. Well, we can't manage without the help of someone. I'm talking about Herschel. It's not only his physical appearance that worries me, it's his head. He's not Herschel anymore. He's changing. We gotta do something fast. That guy's dangerous. He could hurt somebody. Us. We got to stick together. Take care of him until he gets back to normal. You know this can't last. All we can do to scrounge up enough drugs to supply this guy's habit. What, what are we knocking ourselves out for? I still love him. So basically his habit is so intense right now that they can't get the drugs. And when he tried to beat up Herschel early in the film and told him, you're going to supply me, fucking guy just ran off and there's no trace of him anymore. Well, no trace of him right now because he does manage to show up a little later in the film. And we have him going out and stalking these people. And we get another scene where he is stalking another girl by a tree and he grabs her... um and it looks like she leans up to the tree and, like, starts masturbating or something. Like, I think she's meant just to be high, so she's really kind of stoned out of her mind. And then she just leans up against the tree. But she leans up and, like, moves her arm, and it really looks like she's just, like, so high she's pleasuring herself. Uh, and that's what I would like to believe, to be honest with you. So he grabs her, and then we see the next girl come out of the car. And this first girl is hung upside down on the tree. And then she, like, doesn't scream. Uh, and then all of a sudden when the girl's neck, like, neck is split open. And there's no real makeup there. It's just, like, red water paint. Like, red watercolor that comes down her face to symbolize the blood coming out of her neck. But it's obviously coming from way above wherever she was cut. And that causes the girl to finally scream. And that is fucking annoying, too. Because it's just like, ah, ah. Ah, 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 ah. like it's not it's like an alarm like they fucking had a soundboard button like i do to like just hit it and 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 it's so fucking annoying them just like shut the fuck up just shouldn't you be dead by now you shouldn't be screaming anymore and the other girl she's busy screaming you know because she's looking on it and then i don't know it cuts away back over to them talking after Herschel. And Herschel obviously is drinking the blood, okay? Like, and they don't really explain it so much, but they kind of did in that little scene before. Like, he's going after only people that are drug addicts right now. Only women that are drug addicts. And he's killing them and basically drinking their blood because that's giving him the high that he needs. But it's never really quite talked about in the, like, context of the film. So we go back over to Anne and her two friends, and she finally decides that they need to do something about Herschel. Only things could get back to normal. Don't cry, Anne. I guess it's no use hoping for that now. You're right. Something has to be done. I'm counting on both of you. Please, don't let me down. 
Don't worry. We'll take care of it. And so we cut back over again once again to Herschel the turkey stalking other people. And in that like little scene, basically they're going to try to find Herschel and kill him because she realizes that he's killing a bunch of people and it's actually time to stop whatever he's doing no matter how much she loves him. So we see him again. Like I said, he's out there. He's got another girl where some people uh, snuck off to do some smack. And she stumbles out of the car. He gets and kills her. And some old man comes around the corner. And he's just a kill of circumstance. And he gets killed by Herschel as well. And then another guy comes out and sees the dude dead down there. And I totally thought it was just an ugly woman. Like the mother of the gang from Goonies. You know, that lady. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But if you've seen the Goonies, you know who I'm talking about. Like, she looks like an ugly man, but she's obviously a woman. And this just looked like some homely, like, ugly woman, like, cuddling her husband. Oh, no, my husband's dead. But then it turns out to be just a dude. (laughs) So, it was just just a fat dude. And it's not anybody else. It's not a woman. It's not an ugly, fat woman. Uh, No, it's just a fat guy uh, who I thought was a woman. I thought. I thought she was just an ugly-looking woman-man thing. Uh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Herschel kills him, too. Uh, and we cut back over to... And I'm really... These kills, they're not anything exciting. I mean, it's just like he grabs them, then he's drinking their blood, and he's like, Oh, I'm so excited. And drinking their blood. Like, it's really like that. And then the screams. And, and it's so shitty that you don't really see anything and there's nothing really exciting right now uh, but we do cut back over and we see the dealer is talking to Anne. she's gone to guy once again because he's shown up because i guess herschel's not around and he's trying to get some from her i don't understand you anymore what's with you i'm hung up on herschel herschel not as straight as you think he is I saw him with a chick last night. You saw Herschel last night? You're putting me on, Gus. You didn't see Herschel last night. Not with another chick. Herschel's just a big happy puppy type. He sees a chick he digs and he swings, man. Look, I'm telling you, I saw him with a blonde. They were stoned out of their minds. So he's basically lying to her, trying to say like, oh, but he doesn't know that Herschel's become a turkey man and is out there killing and that I guess she understands that that's what's going on. Like, it's never really made clear. It just kind of jumps. It jumps from her talking to her friends to a kill to her talking to her friends to a kill to guy trying to get some. And then it just kind of continuing along with the plot. Like, I guess maybe he did? I don't know, because you all of a sudden see her sleeping on the bed. And she's in her own bed, in her own place. And then you see him, he's like in another apartment or something. And he calls his dealer, well, he calls his source, right? To get some more so that it can sell. And the guy is like, no, you got to give me my money first. Where's my bread? If you don't give me my bread, I'm not going to give you your stuff. Or maybe he should, I'm not going to give you your jam if you don't give me my bread. 
Like, I don't know. I, I really hate the term bread for some reason, at least when it's said in this movie, because it seems like they're putting it in there to be hip, to be with it. You know, if I started using Skrill or some shit, but I think Skrill is something just from the 90s and not necessarily used today. Whatever the fucking hip teenager word is, uh, maybe I should be using it for this podcast. Hmm. Anyway, so he goes to get his bread from Guy the dealer, and Guy doesn't have everything that he needs, and so he offers that guy something else. Anybody after that, that way? Let's try the small talk. You got the bread on you? Yeah, man, I told you I got the bread. Hundred dollars. One seventy-five. You owe me seventy-five from the last hit you had. Oh man, I told you I'd pay you for that. This is a hundred dollars cash for what you're bringing yeah, me. One seventy-five, man. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Look, as soon as I dump this, I'll be able to square up with you. We'll be even, Stephen. In the meantime, if it's out of sight, check inside. Beautiful. She's all yours. Won't even take it off the bill. Just call it interest, okay? Let me wait a week. I'll see the check first. So Guy's going to go over and show Anne to this guy. Uh, and basically offer up her ass as collateral. So go ahead, go rape my side chick, go have sex with her, and then I won't even think about it, so that way I can go make some more score with these drugs. Pretty fucked up if you ask me, but he seems to be okay with it. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever, she's worth it enough. She's got that nice tan line coming out of her nice white panties over there. I'll totally get on it. And so he starts, like, rubbing on her, starts rubbing on her butt, starts rubbing on her tits. And she's like, oh, Herschel. And you're like, this ain't Herschel. And so she wakes up, and she starts, like, screaming, and he starts choking the bitch. Like, he starts trying to kill her, and eventually, I think he ultimately does, because she stops moving, and she, well, doesn't really make any sounds. And Herschel is there, outside the window, looking in, and that freaks the hell out of this drug dealer. And it's very odd, because, like, it looks like he's walking towards the house, and then the drug dealer notices. Like, you don't even see the window. The window is right above Anne. I don't see... There's like a bathroom on the other side or some shit like that. So you don't even know what the hell is going on. Also, this looks like the room that she had from earlier, yet the front room is like an apartment. So were they in the house before? Or were, I don't know where the fuck they are. They're somewhere. Maybe they are really at Guy's, but her room happens to be the same both in this place and the other place. So... We have Herschel coming closer, and it's really freaking out this guy because he's just obviously killed Anne, and he chases him down uh, into, like, a construction area. Like, the guy's trying to lift all these gates to different garages and manages to get in one. And I thought it would be really kind of funny, kind of neat, if he got into the one, and then all of a sudden, there's fucking Herschel waiting for him to kill him. But no, he's been running after him from the house. So this guy just nonchalantly is running away. Like, it's not even... He's not running fast. He's not, like, trying to get away in the best manner. He's just taking his time. Like, he's mildly freaked out. Like, dude, I just choked this chick to death. And there's some weird, like, turkey guy. Maybe it's because he's high or something like that. But you never see him, you know, touch his own supply. And as a dealer, you never want to do your own supply, right? I mean, Scarface taught us that. So... He's there doing... Well, you know what? Scarface wasn't out yet at this time. Oh, so he doesn't know. So I guess he's just doing his own supply. 
So he's in there. He does get caught by Herschel. And Herschel beats him up and then ties him to a table. And this is probably the most interesting kill that you get in the entire movie. Where Herschel takes a saw, like a table saw, and then drives it right through his leg. And you kind of get to see it. And you get to see the stump and it's spewing out blood. And for, you know, the amount that they spent, this is where they spent all the kill money on. Was this dub fucking spewing out fucking blood everywhere. So he bleeds to death, Herschel leaves the place, and then he's approached by the two friends of Anne, and he just falls to his knees and lets them cut off his head with a machete. Then we can go over and it's like Thanksgiving time table, and we see the turkey body, and when they take off his head, it's actually really disturbing, and I don't know if this really happened, or they did some weird makeup thing, but it feels like... They really cut the head off a turkey, and then you watched a turkey lose its life. Like, literally, you see a turkey running around with its head cut off and blood going all over the place, and then they focus on the turkey head that's on the ground. So I don't know if they went to a real turkey farm, and this is one that they killed that's going to be used for food, and they said, hey, can we watch you and film this for our movie? And I was like, oh, it's just disturbing. It's really disturbing. Like, to watch this actually happen, and it's possibly real. I don't know why, you know, all the other stuff. And, yeah, I get it. When it comes to horror movies, you know, I should be disturbed by people getting killed, and blah, 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 blah. But it's that I know that that's unrealistic and fake, and if I saw a real-life death, I would still be, like, fucking traumatized. But it's weird when you know that something is getting killed for real on the fucking screen instead of being killed just, you know, as, oh, this is just a prop. Like, it looks way too realistic to be just a prop. So, we go to a table, and we see that turkey being served, but we see the head next to it, the head of Herschel, as Herschel the turkey. So, are they eating his body? Did he turn into a turkey when he got killed? What the hell is going on? And, of course, we flash forward, and we see Herschel in the field, finishing convulsions, and fucking A, what is it? Hey, we've been looking all over for you. Are you all right? Oh, my God. I've been hallucinating. After I ate that turkey, I went through hell. I told them not to conduct any experiments unless I was here. Are you all right? I don't think so. Have you been taking any other drugs? Yeah. I spent some time in Vietnam in the hospital. I've been burned pretty bad. So they've been feeding me some drugs to kill the pain. And it wasn't enough, so I took some on my own. Since then, I only smoke pot. But it was much more than that pot. Here, let me help you inside. I'll call Angel. She will know what to do. We've been working together down at the center for Adex. You're no shit to ride that bike. So, it's all just a fucking dream, or it's all hallucination, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So we just spent the whole last, like, 30 minutes of this movie, him just having a weird type of high for whatever was mixed together with the turkey and the drugs that he had. Like... It's so fucking stupid that we missed this whole fucking bullshit right now. Like, 
everything that's happened. Like, we couldn't have just had a thing where, hey, he turned to a turkey and he turned to a killer turkey and stuff, and that's it. No, it all had to be some type of allegory because he was mixing the turkey that had the drugs and the turkey that he fucking, uh, or the, the turkey that he fucking shot up himself with. Is that what I'm talking about? No, the drugs, the fucking dope that he smoked. All that shit. Oh, boy. But, of course, the the leader of the place, he goes back to the boys, and he offers them a payout to be hush-hush about everything. But, again, they still have their greatest idea in the world. Listen, there's going to be a nice bonus in this for you guys when this is all over. But you have to swear to me right now that you'll keep your mouth shut. Is it a deal? How's he doing? Has there been any change yet? He's resting well and eating, but no, sir, he still looks the same. And he must think things are really going to get hairy if he's offering us bonuses. Well, we said we'd keep our mouths shut, but we didn't say anything about staying, did we? So they're still going to leave, and they're going to make sure they get their money before they go, because they don't want to be involved with the fucking cops. So the owner of the place, he goes in and calls Angel, to which Angel calls Anne and explains everything that's going on, and she's trying to get her to come out there, but of course, Anne is a stupid bitch that only wants to think about herself. Anne, um, Mr. Nolan just called me. He said Herschel isn't feeling well. What's wrong? I'm not sure. Something about finding him passed out, hallucinating on drugs again. Oh, no. Oh, no, Angel, no. What is it, Anne? Angel, it's all my fault. You know, I was trying to make him jealous. He wouldn't pay any attention to me. And I, I told him to take him something. What's the matter? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. Where did you get it? From God. Listen, I'm going out to pick him up now. You want to go along? No, no, no. I, 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 I couldn't say from now. Angel, I couldn't. And if Herschel loves you, he'll understand. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't understand. He can't see me now. You go. I'll wait here. Okay. I was trying not to be too long. Angel. Angel, would you, would you talk to him for me? You know how. All right, honey. Don't worry. Bye-bye. So she's more worried about the fact that she is the one that caused a lot of what's going on and doesn't want him to even know about it. Like, can you tell him? But I don't want to be there and face the fucking consequences because I'm the one that told him to smoke the dope. But you didn't tell him to eat the fucking turkey. He's the one that was like, oh, turkey for dope? That's perfectly fine. Because he was an addict before. And that's what we kind of got in the last, like that one scene where it was just a dream. He's explaining to him that, like, look... He was in Vietnam, and he basically, he was given drugs to make him feel better, but he it didn't work. So he turned to other drugs, and he became an addict, and he'd been cleaning himself up, and he was trying to avoid all these drugs, doing all these things, and then when he came to her, and he's like, dude, I really want to smoke that reefer, but I can't smoke it because then I'm going to get addicted again and I'm going to be stuck on it. But she was like, you're a fucking coward. And he's like, I ain't no fucking coward. And then he became a dope addict again after one fucking po- uh, toke because, hey, 
you know, that's exactly what happens to you when you've been off of weed for a really long fucking time. Maybe it happens to some people, okay? I'm not going to discount it, but this is obviously way overblown. And the fact of the matter is that he probably was doing other things besides fucking weed. I mean, if he was over in Vietnam, he was probably fucking stuck in opium or some shit like that. But he doesn't want people to know, and he thinks that, oh, it's just weed. And that's, again, like a gateway drug or some shit. But again, you know, it's what you believe. I really don't give a shit, and I don't necessarily think that that's the way it is, even if I don't do any of that bullshit. So... He's there being picked up by Angel and being let go by the guy. And basically, he is trying to find salvation. And of course, we get the moralistic kind of ending to this. Well, it's not really the ending to the story, but at least to this interaction between Angel and Herschel. He's in withdrawal. I think he must have been hallucinating. What must have happened? My laboratory men used him in an experiment not knowing that he was an addict. I think I'd better get him home. If I can be of any help, call me. Ian told me what she and Guy did. She's really sorry. Why? 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 Herschel, she didn't understand that you were already addicted. She wouldn't have done it. I thought she loved me. She does love you. Look, we don't always understand purpose and why things happen. We've got to have faith. Faith? All the faith I had, I lost it. You can get it back. Ask God to increase your faith. Please try. Oh, Lord, my God. Help me. Help me once more. God is hell. Well, so he prays to God to hopefully make him better because that's the way that you're going to be able to get your salvation and how you're going to break the devils of being addicted to the dope or the reefer or whatever the way I fucking call it. You know, you've never sucked a dick for fucking marijuana, so how do you know that you're fucking addicted to it, right? So we get one last little moralistic thing going on from the director who has some last words to say about what the meaning of the movie is. There's much to warn us all of the trends our destiny is taking. Our scientists agree that the one immutable law of life has changed. There's much talk and protests about everything, about pollution, about drugs and their abuse. And this has been a story based partly on fact, partly on probability. But the horrors that occur in the minds of those who allow the indiscriminate use of the human body as a mixing bowl for drugs and chemicals are as real as the real horror. So when you eat or take into your body any chemical or drugs, you take a chance on reactions that are untested, unpredictable. There are government agencies, many responsible groups, fighting the use of chemicals. In the food we eat, the water we drink. And yet there are far too, <laughs> far too many of us who go right on taking the good way of life for granted, ignoring the warnings. So, let's give a little thought to 
making our own story <coughs> have a happy ending. <coughs> and so that is kind of the moralistic angle of everything like that. You know, don't put nasty chemicals in your body, whether they happen to be drugs or they happen to be chemicals from food and things could happen to you when you don't know what you're doing. Yet he's sitting there smoking a fucking cigarette like a fucking hypocrite, but he's also smiling at the camera as he's coughing because obviously, like I said earlier, he's never fucking smoked a cigarette in his life because he's just taking it and like he's not inhaling, do anything like that. So I don't know if it's really meant to be something that's really tongue-in-cheek type of thing, but it could possibly be. Who knows? So we end the film by Herschel going out to the pier and seeing Anne sitting out there, or standing out there, I should say, and then finally reuniting, and then the final music plays. So we get the happy ending that the director was talking about, and the ending that shouldn't fucking exist because she should have come and fucking saw him after she did everything and fucking bit a real woman and apologized for everything that she did to him. So that was Blood Freak. It's an interesting film, and like I said, it's really a tale of two films. When I read the one thing that said, oh, it's like Reefer Madness meets a horror movie, it truly is, except for one half is Reefer Madness, the first half, and then the second half is the horror movie, and the Reefer Madness part is just kind of okay, and then the horror movie part is just fucking terrible. Like, it's pointless. It's all a fucking hallucination. Are you fucking kidding me? So it's just... Like, I really wanted to have a lot of fun with this film. And I really thought, man, looking at the trailers, yeah, the trailer's kind of shitty, but I can kind of deal with that. I can live with it. Like, if the movie's just like, and I understand 70s horror sometimes is not necessarily the best, especially when it has a budget like this one had of $25,000, which honestly is still pretty big for 72, but this is where we are and this is what's going on. So, what do I give this film? Uh, in general, um, so the gore, it's a two out of five. Uh, surprisingly, you know, I get the blood is really shitty, but the work on the leg when the leg comes off actually looks pretty good. And, you know, there's a couple little things here. It might be a little lower, but I'm boosting it up to a two. I, maybe it doesn't necessarily deserve that, but that's just kind of the way that it goes. The crap factor, it's a 4 out of 5. Like, it really is from the audio quality, and I understand this is a bad transfer. The streaming, the video is terrible. Like, it constantly, like, cuts into each other. 
It's really difficult to watch in certain parts of the film, but the audio is just terrible. Like, there's stuff... I understand that maybe not everybody's audio is the best in the world, and I get it. There's times where my audio is not very good, but at least I fucking try, and I feel like they didn't even fucking try. You can tell that they're wearing, like, lapel mics, and a couple of them goes... It's just so bad, and the horror part of it is just so shitty. It, it just is not fucking fun. It's not entertaining, and I really wanted it to be, like, really over-the-top cheesy, and they couldn't even do, like, cheesy type of horror to try to tell their story. Like, if they're really trying to be serious about everything, why put in the director parts? Why even, like, talk about the dangers of whatever? It, it's just terrible. Uh, and then the fun factor, it's a 2 out of 5. Like, it's one of those things where even though the crap factor is really high, the fun factor is just so low because I really only enjoyed the stuff where they were talking about pot because it was supposed to be serious and I couldn't take it serious. Uh, and it was only the first part of the film. That's it. And it's fucking annoying. The acting is pretty rigid for most of the parts. The guy that plays Herschel, he played Tarzan at one point, I believe, as well. Um, but he really can't act either, so it's just... It's not that fun. The kills aren't very good except for the one. And even the way leading up to it is so dumb that you're just like, man, this is boring. It was so hard to get through the second half of the film. So overall, I'm going to give this two out of five severed turkey heads. Uh, it's just not that entertaining. I don't think it's worth a watch if you've never seen it before. If it sounds interesting and you listen to this and you want to, uh, it's on Prime. You can watch it right now. It might be, you know, a decent Thanksgiving horror film. I don't know. So, with that being said, uh, the next film that we are going to do... Um, so, after this, there will be a bonus episode of The Return of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right now, you can please go back and check out the episodes for the B-Movie Brothers. Uh, they put out an episode. you got Paranormal Pativity, his episode. Uh, you've got Black Hat Shadow with their episode for the Universal Monsters. And then right before me, you have uh, the Fright Club with their episode uh, for this Universal Monster podcast. It was put together by Phantom Dark Dave. Um, he didn't do a separate one this time with Dave's Pop Culture podcast, but he did join Andy on Black Cat Shadow. So make sure you go check all those out. So you'll see a bonus episode in between this one and our next film. Uh, since we're very close to Thanksgiving, there's only one place that most people want to go for Thanksgiving, and that is Home Sweet Home. It's 7 a.m. in Los Angeles, and our top story continues to be the intensive police dragnet for an armed and dangerous escaped mental patient. 26-year-old Jay Jones escaped from the Hobart State Hospital for the criminally insane last night after killing an attendant and leaving a guard in critical condition. Jones was committed to Hobart eight years ago after a lengthy and well-publicized trial following the bludgeoning death of both of his parents. We talked with a state police department spokesman shortly after Jones' escape last night. Extremely dangerous. He'll probably aren't. He could be on PCP. Jones is Caucasian. Six feet three. Two hundred and twenty pounds with curly brown hair. If you see anyone answering this description, stay clear of him and notify your local law enforcement agency.
So that's right. Home Sweet Home is going to be the next film for the podcast. Uh, you can find it right now on YouTube. Uh, it is really not streaming anywhere that I could find. I was hoping to find it on something like Shudder or Amazon or Netflix or iTunes or whatever. It really is streaming almost nowhere. YouTube has it, and you don't have to rent it. You just got to search for Home Sweet Home from 1981, or you're going to end up with Motley Crue, and not all of us want to end up with Motley Crue. But it is going to be an interesting movie. It's literally based around Thanksgiving, and you know, we'll have our nice little Thanksgiving horror film together with everybody. So with that being said, you can always find the podcast. It's available on Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast, Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast, and on YouTube now, Terrible Terror Podcast. Both on YouTube and on Instagram TV, we have... Uh, all the reviews for every single one of the Godzilla films minus two uh, and you get Space Amoeba, Rodan, Mothra uh, included in that mix but you do not get Godzilla 1998 because hey I've already done that as a podcast you can go back and listen to it so go check out all those reviews they got a little weird kind of better small runtime. and with that being said normally I don't do this but after this little song rolls around, uh, I'm going to play a song from somebody that I think you guys should all check out. And I hope he doesn't mind me playing this song. It's called Native to the Void from Here on Mars. Please go check him out and go download his music. Trees are empty lines. Sycophants need stimuli. Leaving morons misty eyes. Around your giant sun. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. From the mother brain One more day we shall remain Aurora you destroy Playing with your toys Native to the boy Native to the boy Misery and joy The methods you employ Native to the boy well, we pissed in the wind, but now we see the end. Refuse to roll a rock right up your hill again. But they're hypnotized by the lies you spun. Living to live under the gun. One more day round your dying sun. Or are you destroyed? Playing with your toys.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.